started trying to talk to him about the case and he said no 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 I can't talk about it and that was the that was the end of it but uh, does, does anybody want to hear it from him personally something to you. Just a, a couple of co-workers. Co-workers. Uh, yeah, one asking, uh, you're not on the murder trial, are you? And I just replied that uh, help them out of liberty to discuss the case. Okay. Same situation with another co-worker, but uh, how was Jersey going? Fine, but I'm not to discuss the case. And okay. Just someone uh, inquiring. Okay. So they didn't give you any information, no. or you didn't provide them with any information? No. Right. Any inquiry, Ms. Captain? No, sir. Any inquiries? You did exactly right. Thank you for letting us know. And you can step back to the jury. Good morning, folks. Thank you for being back here. Uh, Ms. Kappelman, you may call your next witness. Martha Moore. Right. Come forward, please, ma'am. Good 
few. If they clerk can be for them, please. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony in this case be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? All right. Have a seat. Slide up the microphone, please, ma'am. Ma'am, please say your name and spell your name. It's Martha Moore, M-E-R-T-H-A, last name, Moore, M-O-O-R-E. You can pull the mic closer to you. Hear me now? Yes, thank okay. you. It, it'll bend down, just bend okay. it down to you. There you go. All right, Ms. Moore, do you know the defendant in this case, Adam Frosch? I do. How do you know Mr. Frosch? It's my daughter's father. And do you see your daughter's father here in the courtroom today? I do. Could you please point him out and describe what he's wearing? He's wearing a blue, a light blue jacket, white shirt, yellow tie. All right, let the record reflect. The witness has identified the defendant. Are you familiar with Mr. Frosch's height and weight? I know, well, I'm not quite sure. I know he's tall. Okay. <laughs> do you know how tall? 6'4". And do you know his weight? I don't. <laughs> How old is the child that you have, Mr. Frosch? She's six. Do you know the defendant's, or did you know the defendant's wife, Samra Frosch? Not personally. Okay. Had you ever spoken to her? I have. Were you familiar with the day, are you familiar with the day that her body was discovered at the Frosch residence? When you say familiar, what do you mean? Um, you're familiar with that incident, that episode? I know that. that it, yeah. Okay. And how did you first learn of Mrs. Frosch's death? Um, Kendall Call. Kendall Lindsay? Know. That's correct. Okay. How did you know him? Through Adam. Well, no, that's not true. Um, I went to buy a car. I met Kendall buying my first, well, my second car. All right. And he was my sales guy. Okay. And did you also know him as a friend of Mr. Frosch? Um, later on. From there. Did you receive a call from the defendant on the morning that Mrs. Frosch's body was discovered? I did. About what time did you receive that phone call? I'm not sure the exact time, but I, I want to say around 8.30. Not, not sure that it was morning. Okay. And where were you when you got that phone call? I was on my en route going home. Who's home? <coughs> Where's home? West Palm. All right. And how far along the route were you when you got that phone call? I want to say I was almost three hours in, three or four. So you Not left sure. pretty early. Clear water. So you left uh, pretty early that morning. That's correct. And was that date significant to you, February twenty-second? It was. How so? It was my birthday. <laughs> and were you planning some sort of trip to West Palm for yeah, your birthday? To celebrate my birthday with family and friends. What was the nature of the relationship between you and Mr. Frosch we was around the time you got the phone call? We were co-parents. Okay. So nothing romantic? No. Anymore? No. Was there any animosity at the time between you and Mr. Frosch? No. You got emotional yesterday when you came in to testify. Why was that? I was overwhelmed. Is that because Mr. Frosch is your child's father? Yes. Was there any animosity between you and Mrs. Frosch? No. Where was she from? You know. Where was she from? 
if you know. Guess Madagascar. And you talked to her before? Early on, when my daughter was around two weeks. That's when you had conversations with her? That's correct. I asked because you did a pretty good impression of her <laughs> in your law enforcement interview. Um, did she have an accent? She did. Okay. And do you know what type of accent that was? She's African. All right. And did you, um, did you ever have any difficulty understanding her whenever you had conversations with her? Not really. But is it fair to say she had a pretty pronounced accent? That's correct. Do you know whether Mrs. Frosch played golf? I don't. Had you ever been to their home on Inverness Drive in Golden Eagle? Yes. When was that? I can't remember the exact date, but I know Adam, at that time, he wasn't with her. All right, and how many times had you been to that residence? I want to say probably one or two times. Do you know approximately how long before Mrs. Frash's death was the last time you had been at that residence? I never, I mean, it was way before all this had happened. It was early on when him and I were dating. Okay, so years before. Right. Do you know who Erica Tidwell is? I do. Who is Erica Tidwell? It was a friend, friend of Adam's. Okay, and when you say friend, girlfriend? A friend. Like a romantic interest? I don't know if it, they were... I'm not sure. I'm really, okay. I know he, they were dating or he was, it was his friend. Okay. And what about Shakita Carter? Do you know who that is? Well, I don't know her personally. Do you know who that is though? I did her stories. I do, I heard of her. Okay, is that somebody that the defendant was seeing as well? You can't judge if it's hearsay. Need a foundation. Did the defendant ever mention to you a woman by the name of Shakita? Yes. All right, and is that someone that he was dating at some point? It was one of his friends. Okay, when you say friends, does friends include having sex, or do you know? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I... Did Mr. Frosch mention to you taking Shakita Carter to the Super Bowl? I don't remember. Do you remember if Mr. Frosch told you anything about Shakita Carter selling a sex video to his wife? I did hear mention of a video. What did Mr. Frosch? A confrontation Frosch... in reference to a video. I did hear of a confrontation in reference to a video. Confrontation in reference to a video. And was that from Mr. Frosch? That you heard that? Yes. Okay, and what about the confrontation did you hear? Just, um, I guess she had a, I'm not, I'm going to just say it the way that I, 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 I think that Shakita had a video of them and she wanted to present it to his wife. Okay, a video of them, who's them? I assume um, Adam and her. Okay. And when was that? I'm not quite sure of the dates. And did you hear something about Mrs. Frosch trying to buy this video from Shakita? Or Shakita was trying to get money from her? To get Either it? Either or. Okay. 
And all the information you learned about this was from Mr. Frosch, correct? Or other people talking about it. I mean, I had. Okay. But did you specifically hear it from him as well? Just some type of conversation over a tape. Okay. About how often did you talk to Mr. Frosch around this time frame? Not as much, but we did keep in touch due to my daughter. Okay. How often would you say? Would you talk to him once a week? Once probably a not. Um, probably whenever he, whenever he calls. Okay. Can you give <laughs> us an idea? Or if I need something, I call. Um, let's say every other week or every month. We did. We we were co-parents. Okay. And did he take your child by himself places? No. She was a little baby. <laughs> well, she's six now, so she would have been four at the time of Mrs. Frosch's death, right? No, that's not correct. I think three. three? It's been three years now, okay. right? Probably going on three. Okay. When you, you testified about a call where you talked to Mr. Frosch on the day that Mrs. Frosch's body was discovered, when was the last time you had talked to him before that Saturday call? Probably it was during that week. Right. Did you talk to him on the Thursday before Mrs. Frosch was killed? It could have been. Right. And on that Thursday, what was Mr. Frosch's demeanor on the phone? How was he feeling that day? You know? I think I called him because I needed my car. My car was acting up. Okay, but my question is, how was he acting? How did he seem? <laughs> I guess, like Adam. I mean, he was talking. Did he seem overwhelmed? I don't think that was that day. What? Um, probably. What do you mean probably? I'm not sure, it's been so long ago. Okay, did you have an opportunity to review the interview that you I gave did. with law enforcement back around the time this occurred? I did review some of it. Okay, and did you review a portion where you talk about a call between you and Mr. Frosch that occurred the Thursday before her body was discovered on Saturday? Okay. Do you recall that? Yes. Okay, and do you recall telling law enforcement on that interview that Mr. Frosch was overwhelmed on the phone about everything that was going on and that he expressed some suicidal thoughts to you. I don't quite sure think it was suicidal thoughts. I think that day he was overwhelmed and I, I think I called his um, office because he was overwhelmed and I said if you um, if you guys notice any change in him please you know call someone or call Kendall because Kendall can always talk him because he was um, just overwhelmed by life. And didn't he tell you on that phone conversation that, I'm trying to think of your exact words, that you wouldn't have to worry about him anymore. You may not have to worry about him seeing him anymore or something like that. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember. All right. Do you remember, based on whatever his exact words were, that you were concerned that he might harm himself? I'm not. I just was concerned about him because he seemed overwhelmed. And specifically, that day. you contacted Me, his office. That's right? correct. 
to make sure they kept an eye on him because they were correct. concerned he might harm himself. I just know he was overwhelmed to keep an eye out on him. Okay. So he didn't seem happy and optimistic about life that day. Is that fair to say? I'm not sure, ma'am. I mean, I'm. He was overwhelmed. Whatever. Overwhelmed that, doesn't um, sound like happy and optimistic about. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just telling you the conversation we had over the phone. I've, I felt some, something because I called the office. I can't explain ex exactly. Okay, I, but you did explain happy. exactly on the on well, the interview maybe with law I need enforcement, to, didn't you? I'm. I probably need to look at it again to know exactly what I said to be sure. I don't want to. It would whatever you have said at that time have been the truth? That's correct. I tell the your, truth. Would your memory have been better at that time than it is as we sit here today about that conversation? That's correct. All right. What about the morning of February 22nd, that call when you were on your way to South Florida? Mm -hmm. What did he say on that call? He said he was on his way to my house. Where was your house at that time? Southwood. <clears throat> and since you weren't there, I take it he did not go to your house? Or That's did he? correct. He did not. Okay. Did he say anything about having the children with him? He had the kids. Okay. And those are the two kids that he had with Ms. Frosch? That's correct. All right. And was it unusual for him to have those children on his own for days no. at a time? No. Did you previously tell law enforcement in that interview that it was unusual for him to have the kids on his own? Well, at that t maybe at that time because, you know, they were um, going through the battle of divorce. And I guess at that time he, he was, you know, he, in the court orders, he shouldn't have had the kids. All right. All right. And did he tell you something about why he had the kids and what he, he was doing with them? Yes, he said that she wanted a rest, a break, and he was going to take them down to Miami, or I'm thinking more, or either Panama City, but I think Miami, and I said that I was, you know, I was going on because my birthday was that day, and he said she may join him later. She may be coming later. Okay. Did he mention anything to you about needing to get her a gas cap? He did. And when you gave the interview back around the time that this occurred with law enforcement, you didn't mention Panama City, did you? I don't think so. Okay, you told them that he told you he was going to Miami. That's case. correct. No further questions? Cross. Ms. Moore, back. During this time frame, your daughter was three years old? Yes, sir. Okay. And um, I think you've told us that you would see Dr. Frosch fairly regularly with the kids? Yes, sir. All right. So, well, go ahead. When, when, are you, when are you talking about? I'm when talking you say about fairly well. maybe three, four, five, six months prior to the death of Mrs. Frosch. Yes, when he had custody of them. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And so when he had custody of the children, it wasn't unusual at all for him to come over and That's bring the correct. kids to visit with your daughter. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And the kids would play together. That's correct. So Dr. Frosch did have 
the children with him on a number of occasions without Mrs. Frosch being present. That's correct. Okay. Um, you indicated that you'd had a couple of conversations with Mrs. Frosch, is that right? Um, when my daughter was first born, we, we really didn't have any run-ins the whole time we were here. When my daughter was first born, we did. I did have a conversation. When my daughter was born, I had a conversation with her. Okay. Was that pleasant? No. Was she threatening? She was upset. Um, you indicated that on the 22nd of February 2014, your residence here was in Southwood? That's correct. Okay. And you ended up indicated that Dr. Frosch had called you and indicated he was going to be coming by? That's correct. All right. But then you were out of town? That's correct. Was it your assumption that he was heading to South Florida, or do you remember him saying, I'm heading to Miami? He said he was either going to go to Miami or Panama City. And when they, when, were you familiar with uh, travels often by Dr. Frosch either to South Florida or to Panama City? He goes everywhere. He travels everywhere. And was this even while you guys were going together? What now? When you were, when you were seeing him, when you had obviously a, a relationship with him, did you travel with him? I did. And did, he, did you ever go out of the country? I did not. Um, when he, you would be traveling with Dr. Frosch, was it normal for him to have cash? Yes, sir. And when we're talking about cash, are we talking about twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars, or significantly more than that? More than that. We're talking about thousands of dollars. Yes, sir. Was that unusual? No, sir. When you were traveling with Dr. Frosch, taking these trips around, <clears throat> did you see him with multiple car keys? Yes, sir. And we're talking about car keys. I mean, are we talking about one or two sets of keys? He had lots of cars. Lots of cars and lots so of keys? So he had less keys, correct. So we're talking about maybe 10 or 15 keys? That's correct. And it wouldn't be unusual for him to have those with him, is that right? No. Conjunction with uh, being a father to your child, has he basically been a good person in dealing with you and your child? Yes, sir. Thank you. That's all I've got. Redirect. So he's basically a good person. Is that your testimony? Yes, sir. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Did he ever take those kids that he had with Mrs. Frash out of town, to your knowledge, other than this Not to occasion? my knowledge. Never. Not to my knowledge. And the conversation that you had the, with the victim that long ago, when you first found out about her, she was upset. Why was she upset? Due to the fact that she didn't know I had a kid. With him, her husband. That's correct. And you didn't know about her either, did you? Well, I had heard about her, but I didn't know they were together. And she... Wait, let me, let me tell... Um, no. Wait. No. no. I asked the questions, to, okay. and you answer them. And I'm going to answer it. What All are right. you saying? So she was unhappy because she had found out about you that you had a child by her husband. But 
Let me. That's I wasn't yes. with her husband. Judge. The way it works. She okay. asks questions. You answer, answer the questions. Okay. She didn't know about you until that that phone call. That's why she was upset, right? That's correct. And you had a child by her husband, which was news to her, correct? Yes, but at that time they wasn't dating when I conceived that child. I understand that, okay. but he had a child with somebody that she didn't know about. Okay. Right? Right. And she was pregnant with his child at that time, correct? I don't think so, no. You don't think she was pregnant when you all had that conversation? I didn't know she was pregnant at that time, no. Well, when you talked to law I know I had no. she was pregnant. I didn't know that. No, I didn't say anything about her being pregnant. I said I had a two-week-old child by um, Adam, and when I called his house because my daughter was vomiting, throwing up, and I didn't have family in town, she answered the phone, and that's how we found out about each other, meaning they were married and I had kid. And at that time, she was pregnant. Was I had no idea. No further questions. Hey, Jerry, I have a question of this witness. Not, you may step down. We need to keep her present. Uh, yes, I'd like her to remain under the rule, Jerry. Remain outside. Please. Call your next witness. You can step down. State calls Dale Folsom.
Okay, I'm moving. Thank you. 
Call your next witness, please, Mr. Captain. Dale Folsom. The witness. Hold it. If you face the clerk and raise your right hand, please. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony you give in this case will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? All right. Have a seat. Slide up the microphone, please. Move on up to it or pull it to you. It moves. All right. Go ahead, Ms. Captain. Sir, what is your name? Dale Everett Folsom. Please spell your name and... Closer to the microphone. D-A-L-E, Edward, E-W-A-R-D-F-O-L-S-O-M. Mr. Folsom, do you know Adam Frosch? Yes, ma'am. How do you know Mr. Frosch? He was my cellmate for about six, six or seven months or so in the county jail. All right. Do you see him in the courtroom today? Yes, ma'am. Could you please point him out and describe what he's wearing? Light blue blazer. All right. Let the record reflect the witness has identified the defendant. Uh, you mentioned he was your cellmate in jail. Have you ever been convicted of a felony or crime of dishonesty? Yes, ma'am, about 40 times. 40 times? Mm -hmm. Did you and Mr. Frosch become friendly in jail? Yes, ma'am. Most people do if you're stuck in a two-man cell. Did you show him the ropes in jail? Um, a little bit. Did he ever put any money in your canteen? No, ma'am, I had mom. What is a canteen? Ma'am? What is a canteen? Three you order snacks and you know, sweets and cosmetics and stuff. Right. And you said it was about five or six months that y'all were in there? Yes, ma'am. How much time did you spend together during those days? <laughs> and you locked down about 14 or 15 hours out of the day, so... Was the defendant a talker? Sometimes. Did he ever say anything to you about this case that we're here about today? Yeah, a little bit. Yes, ma'am. And what did he tell you about the case? That's what I already told you, you know, about the thing on the back of her head. Okay, well, let's tell the jury. I'll start over and tell us what he said about his case. Just that, you know. Uh, Need you a little closer to the microphone. Just about how she she started a fight that night and kicked him in the back when he's in the bed because of something she found on the laptop or that morning. And uh, he defended himself pretty much, he thought. And they were fighting, and he and he hit her, and she, I guess she fell and hit her head, or he hit her in the head with a, with a club, you know, and he tried to... You know, make it look like a murder, I guess, by somebody else. And throw her in a tub and then took off to Panama City with the kids. All right, uh, so let's back up a little bit. He said that his wife kicked him in the back while he was sleeping in the bed? Yeah, I started a fight with him because of something. She saw of something on the computer. she found. And right. did he elaborate about what she found? He didn't, no ma'am. Okay. And they got into a physical fight? Yes, ma'am. And he said, what happened? He hit her in the head? With a, with a club, golf club. And what happened after he hit her in the head with the golf club? She fell, and then he said he checked on her a little bit later and realized what had happened and said he didn't mean to kill her. He was you know, upset when he told me, but he said he didn't mean to kill her. He just 
happened and he got scared and ran. So, threw her in the pool and then ran. Why did he throw her in the pool, if you know? I imagine he did it out of instinct, but probably you know, to cover up the, I guess when you do commit a crime like that, you want to try to cover your tracks, so. Okay. But did he tell you that? Ma'am? No, did he didn't he say, tell you specifically no, he didn't why? say that he tried to cover his tracks. Just that he got scared and threw her in the pool? Yeah. Had y'all been reading the same book that was some kind of murder mystery book? Yeah, that's what God was talking about. You know, the evidence they had, what they were using and stuff was Scarpetta books. It's what? The Scarpetta novels, their medical examiner novels. Okay. And in those novels was the effect of cold water on the ability to determine the time of death an issue? Uh, I remember it said that time of death wasn't an exact science. There's no way to re really accurately say when it happened. And Mr. Frosch, and you discussed that fact? Just a little bit, yes ma'am. Did he say something about once a victim has been hit in the head, they might seem dead, but they're not really dead yeah, or something they, like that? That could be like real, real comatose or something for a couple hours, and you couldn't really tell they were alive unless you could, you know, hear their heartbeat or something. So it would be real hard to tell. Did he ever mention anything to you about having a boat or planning to do something with a boat? Yeah, that and learning to fly a helicopter and escaping on a Syria boat. He just figured he had a way out, but when he got over his boat wasn't fixed. It was still broke. Tell me about that. What do you mean by that? And he just said he went over to look to see if his big, it's like a cigarette boat, one of those big long ones, offshore boats. He Where? Said, in Panama City. He said it was in the shop. He said he probably could have got away on it, but there was no way because it was broke down. And did he tell you anything about his wife's funeral or going to the funeral home? Yeah, it made him sad, you know. It made him sad? Yeah. He, All right. Did he talk about inspecting his wife's body at the funeral yeah, home? Yeah, he said he looked at the, her head wound and stuff and checked it out and saw, you know, where it was and everything, put his hand on it. He said he asked him, asked him about pieces of skull they left out or something. He asked him what? About some of the hole, because it's like a piece of the skull they might have left out during the... Autopsy, I guess. Okay. And you mentioned that he said he hit her with a golf club. Did he mention something that he wanted to, you to do in reference to golf clubs? Yeah, he said that he was going to try to get in touch with somebody, me or somebody, to try and maybe get hit. But they didn't find him. I guess they knew that y'all didn't find him until later on, you know, in the initial right. search because there were so many of them. So he wanted to get in touch with you or somebody to do what? Just go get, steal them all. Go get the golf clubs? Yes, ma'am. From where? Out of the garage in Golden Eagle. And did you go to his home in Golden Eagle? No, ma'am. Did he tell you a specific golf club that needed to be gotten? Yes, ma'am. What was that? So, I don't know what it's called. I'm not familiar with driver names. It's been a long time ago. It's a big club like a driver, a big fat one. He said he was, would tell me which one. He didn't tell me exactly that day, but he said he did would let he, me know. There was a bunch of them there, though, apparently. Did he tell you specifically what, if you were the one that was going to do it, he would want you to do with the golf clubs? Let's get rid of them. 
What about sell them or give them to somebody? Just get rid of them. <laughs> they didn't specify. And you reported all of this to law enforcement. Is that a yes? Yes, ma'am. Why did you do that? It's not the right thing to do. Did you get released on the case that you were in there on? I'm out on bond on You're out on bond on it? And when you were released on bond, were you released on a GPS monitor? No, ma'am. What about when you were released from when you were in there with him? Yes, ma'am, I was. You were on a GPS at that mm -hmm. time. That's how they took me off of it. On the time at the time that law enforcement recovered the golf clubs, you were on a GPS monitor, isn't that right? right? Yes, ma'am. And that tracked your movements? It's hard I know, isn't it? And you never went to the Frash residence? Never seen it before in my life, except in pictures. Do you know exactly where it's located? Did he tell no, you that? Just Golden Eagles, a big huge neighborhood. I've done a lot of work in there. But as far as you know, you've never been there. Oh, yeah. And didn't do anything to cause a golf club to be no. located there. No, no. no further questions. It's my understanding you've got, was it four or 40 prior felony convictions? 40, 40. 40? Yes, sir. 40 times. Bad checks, like. I'm sorry? About 35 something, 38 bad checks all at one time. They I gave see. Me a separate charge for everyone. And you're currently, uh, are you out of jail now? Yes, sir. Okay. And um, do you have any pending charges? I have one. And what is that pending charge? Possession of methamphetamine. It was a small empty baggie they found in the car with some residue in it. A car I was a passenger in. Some methamphetamine. Are you a regular user of methamphetamine? No, no sir. So, never touched that stuff. I have. And several I'm sorry. Times. I've done almost every drug there is, sir. I've been a drug addict since I was nine years old. So okay. I've done them all, just about. So you're a 40-time convicted felon and a drug addict since you were nine years old. Is that right? Yes, sir. Not practicing at the moment. And um, when you were in jail back in. Um, what was it, January or February of 2015, when you met Dr. Frosch? Is that right? It was before that, I think. Was... You said 2015, Mr. Yes, Taylor. Is that what you meant to uh, say? Yes, I don't remember the year. I know we were cellmates from like August to February or something like that, for a long, maybe October to February. We were cellmates for a long time. Okay. And did there come a time in January of 2015 that you contacted law enforcement? Yes, sir. And the purpose, that's a yes? I assume that's when it was. I don't remember. To be honest, I can't say for sure. Okay. And uh, basically what you were going to do is you told them the story that you've given us today. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That Dr. Frosch is just basically confessing to what occurred. Is that right? Talking about it, yes, sir. And, and so he told you that he hit his wife with a golf club. During a fight, yeah, she was. I'm sorry? During a fight, he told me several times how violent she was and how many oh. times she had jumped on him. And it was a driver. Well, a, a big fat one. I'm assuming that's what they're called. I don't play golf, so I don't know the game. So it's right. one of the big fat ones. And that, that golf club was in the garage. Just the, the bunch of them were. Bunch of them. Bunch of golf clubs. And the, the one that happened. And um, 
sorry, he, the what? The one that he hit her with was also in there. He said there was a bunch of golf clubs and the one he used in there too. Okay. And he was going to Panama City. With his kids, where he left that morning. And, and what was he going to do in Panama City, according to your version? Try to get out of the country or something, get away. Okay. Before they called, called him, but they figured they might find out he did it. And how was he going to do that? His first thought was his boat, but when he got there, it was still in the shop. It broke, broke down. When you told law enforcement this story, did you not tell them that Dr. Frosch was going to flee the country in a Donzi? I don't know the brand name. He told me it was the Donzi. I don't know if it is or not. He told me that's like a real high-dollar cigarette boat, but he said well, he had a Donzi. Well, that first conversation with law enforcement, that was recorded, wasn't it? Assume, yes, sir, I'm assuming. It was. Okay. And so, do you recall saying specifically that Dr. Frosch was going to leave in a Donzi? A Donzi is a brand name. That's Cigarette true. Boat's a generic name for all long skinny boats. I see. So, you used the term Donzi? Yeah, because that's what he told me right? it was. That's what he told me it was. Okay. And he told you, well, you told law enforcement that on the 22nd, when he went to Panama City, he also went to the marina to check on the boat. Did he you tell me, me that? He told me he did. Okay, so according to your version of events here, Dr. Frosch told you on the 22nd of February 2014, he went to the marina no, he didn't to check on his boat. No, he didn't say he went. He said he checked on it. He might have called. He could have had somebody else call. I don't know. He just said he checked on his boat and it was broke down. He thought it would have been fixed already. He never said that he went there. He just said he checked on it. And as a result of this story, uh, law enforcement, who did you talk to when you were given this version of events? I don't recall, sir. It was somebody from the Sheriff's Department. Okay. Um, Jason Newland, an investigator? I think he came later. I don't remember if he came the first time or not. I don't recall. It was a long time ago. Joel Weaver? I don't remember, sir. Yeah. You have memory problems? No, I don't. I have an extremely high IQ and a real good memory. I just don't remember that guy's name. I see. And so your drug use since nine and your multiple convictions haven't affected your memory in any way. Is that right? I imagine they have, but I've never really noticed it. Well, you've been in prison before, correct? Yes, I have. Okay. Pleasant experience? Not at all. Horrible. Horrible. And you wanted to avoid having to go back to prison, isn't that true? Then uh, whatever happened, happened, you know? I'm sorry? I look at life as pretty much whatever happens, happens. You just got to... I see. So you're in jail and you're looking... What were you looking at when you were in jail? What were you in for when you met Dr. Frosch? My ex-wife, who later went and dropped the charges, said that I pulled up on her and her boyfriend and threatened to beat her up for stealing stuff out of my warehouse. Okay, so... Basically, you had violated the term of your release, is the that right? Day I was on probation, and the day before I got off probation, I had four years probation. I did three years, 11 months, 28 days. The day before I got off, she called, pressed this charge on me, which got me violated. Actually, when they pressed the charge, I should have technically already been off. She did it just to get me violated. So she your later wife recanted. wrongfully accused you of an event? She came up and recanted it. She probably right. had the charges dropped a year later. A year later, but in that time, year. we're talking about in January of 2015, you were looking at a violation, mm -hmm. probation. How much it. time in prison were you looking at going back? Three or four years. They had already offered me 36 months twice. 36 months. So you were looking at 36 more months in a horrible situation. 
Is that right? Yes, sir. Didn't want to do that, did you? I've done 36 months in a cell by myself before, sir. So uh, it's, you know, it's the question was, is. did you want to do 36 months? Not really, no. But if yes, I had sir. to, I would. I'm sorry? If I had to, I would, with my head up and try to stay positive. But as a result of this, law enforcement went to Panama City and then came back to see you again, did they not? They came several times after that. All right. Were any of those other times recorded, those interviews? Sure they were. Most, I thought most of them were. Okay. Um, and when they came back to see you after having gone to Panama City, did they tell you there ain't any Donzi in Panama City that belongs to Dr. Fry? Just what he told me. But they told you, did they not, that there was a fountain boat in Panama City? Fountain's another brand name. Looks wow. just like a Donzi. And did you not then tell law enforcement, oh, Dr. Frosch talked to me again and said, I made a mistake when I told you that I had a Donzi. I really had a fountain. Is that what you told them? Probably. I might have. I don't remember. Okay. So what you're saying is Dr. Frosch, who's can supposedly confessing to you about a Donzi, now says, gee, I don't want to leave the wrong impression with you, Mr. Folsom. It was really a fountain. The boats are exactly the same except for the name. No difference. Price and everything. And when law enforcement told you they couldn't find any evidence that Dr. Frosch had gone to the marina on February 22nd, is that when you came up with this idea that he didn't tell me that he went to the marina, he might have called them? No, this is what he told me. He said he checked his boat was not ready. As a result of this second conversation with law enforcement, did these officers go to bat for you with the judge and ask that you be released from jail? I don't know if these officers here did or not. Somebody, my lawyer told me somebody got me, helped me get out on bond. And plus my wife helped because she went and told him that I wasn't guilty of the charge she pressed on me, that she lied. That was a year later, wasn't it? That made a big deal out of it. I'm sorry? Yeah, she waited a year before she finally okay. did that. So, but the bottom line is, you got out of jail on a stipulated motion for release. That means it was stipulated between the state attorney's office and your lawyer on the 11th day of February, 2015. Is that right? I don't remember the day, but yes, sir. I've seen it. Was, so, I know it was in February. Your reward for this story was you got out of jail. Isn't that true? I don't feel like it was a reward. I just told what, it, what any citizen should have done. Well, you got out of jail. All right. And now you got put back in jail? Is that, am I understanding that? This meth charge? A year later, I got a, a DUI, and I did. I blew negative on the breathalyzer test, and he found a clear plastic baggie. And he says there was some residue in it. They tested it, tested positive for meth. I'm taking that charge to trial because it was not mine. But, but that wasn't your meth? No, sir, it was not. No, sir. And uh, so somebody else has set you up for blaming no, you for something? No, three other people standing there. Could have okay. been you. They wouldn't say nothing. So. So, so this happens regularly with you, is that right? No. People blame you for things no, that you didn't do. No. And when they happened. do that, you talk your way out of trouble again and again and again. Isn't you just told us a lie, sir, because nobody's ever blamed me for something I didn't do except for that one time. I remember As a lifelong junkie. Is that right? No, not really. I've always functioned. I went to college. I graduated. I was a single father from 10th grade all the way to my son was 8. Raised him by myself. Went to college with a kid. Did pretty good for being a junkie. Uh, Got two college degrees. I did all right. Pretty nervous today. You got habits from using drugs all your life? I just move a lot. I got restless leg syndrome. 
I'm sorry? I move a lot. I've got restless leg syndrome. I see. So you've got illnesses as well as everything else. Is that right? It's not illness. It's a condition. It's a condition. I feel fine. Okay. Um, how many of these in this golf club that they're talking about, um, you never saw it, did you? Never been to the house. How could I see it? So you don't know how a golf club, if there ever was one, got in the house. Is that right? The guy lives on a golf course. I'm assuming he has a golf club. Well, most people do. You don't know how it got into the house. He probably. I mean, it's, I from didn't the story that you've told us from Doctor Frost, you said all the clubs were in the garage. He said he had a bunch of them in the garage. He didn't okay. say all. He just said okay. it's a bunch of them. May I have a moment, Judge? You may. your convictions, is it your testimony that basically all of them, or 38 of them, came from one case? No. I said a bunch of them did. Actually, I think I have a lot more than 40. I don't know. They just... Yeah. You told grand me theft in there? Yeah, grand theft by passing more of those bank checks. Um, what else do you think you've All been kinds of stuff. I was a pretty bad guy there for a while. For a while? Mm -hmm. Off and on. I'd do good for three or four years, mess up for a year, do good three or four years. That was my MO most of my life. And now you're back in that valley where you're getting in trouble again, isn't that right? I haven't been in trouble in a long time. And that charge there. Well, you were in trouble. You were in jail in 2015. Mm -hmm. My wife falsely accused me of something. They put me in jail. You were in jail in 2016. All right. Is that right? For violation. How many times have you come into court when you've been charged with these multiple felonies and told the judge, give me a break? I swear to you, I'll never be back here again. Objection, relevant. Never said that. Overruled. How many times? Yeah, I don't know. A lot? No. You've never told the judge that? Probably. Most people have. I don't even recall ever getting, being allowed to speak to the judge. If you're a prisoner, you don't get to say nothing. You, you do anything to stay out and keep yourself out of jail. Isn't that true? Most people would. You don't know any of these people on the jury, do you? No, sir. Mean anything to you to raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God? Of course it does. I have to agree in theology. I'm in the Bible college. And that's what you do. You're a truthful guy, right? Most of the time, I try to be. When you're writing bad checks, stealing from people, and doing drugs. That's all I've got, Judge. Redirect. No, sir. Hey, Jerry, I have a question. this question. All right, you can step down. We need to keep him in the I would like to keep an eye on the roll, Judge. Uh, remain outside, please. Call your next witness. Jason Newland. 